Welcome to the Apartment Investor Show, where we help you get smart and invest smarter in multifamily real estate. I'm your host, JC Castillo, founder and managing principal of the Multifamily Property Group. And joining me as always is my good buddy, my co-pilot, my co-host, Mr. Paul Peebles, National Underwriter for Old Capital Lending. Polly, how are you doing today? We're doing great, JC. Uh, beautiful fall day coming into later part of, of November. Uh, trying to get towards some transactions closed up before year end. And uh, it's still a very exciting time to be in multifamily uh, investing. So I'm excited to get on this podcast with our guest today because uh, uh, we've heard a lot of great things about him and what he does and how the, the amount of money that he saves investors. So I'm going to get you going uh JC, let's talk, let's talk about what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely, Paul. Well, I mean, I'm super excited for two reasons. Number one is that you're right. This guy is an amazing guest, and I have personally worked with this guy uh, over transactions. But number two is I think this is a really important topic for all you investors out there because there are some huge uh, tax advantages towards what we're going to talk about today. And today, and I love this title, folks, today we're going to talk about like Trump or not, like Trump or not, if I have your attention, this is <laughs> arguably the best thing he did, 100% bonus depreciation that happened as part of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act uh, that went into effect. So uh, without any further ado, let's welcome to the show, Mr. Yona Weiss. How you guys doing? JC, Paul, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for coming with us. We appreciate that. So you know, what we're going to talk about is some of the things that Yona and his group do, which is, um, you know, some people just are not familiar with it. And it is, uh, uh, you know, I'm in Dallas, JC's in uh, the San Jose area, and then Yona is in the New York City area. So we're not talking about something that's just something for a region, it is for the entire nation. So it is uh, a federal law. And that's something that we're going to kind of talk about today. So uh, let's talk, if we can, about cost segregation. And so, Yona, give us kind of a little bit of a background. Give a little, first of all, about who you are, what you do, and talk a little bit about cost segregation. Um, so, yeah, my name's Yona Weiss. Thanks for introducing me. I spend most of my time on LinkedIn, if you didn't know that already. Uh, no, for ser seriously, we do cost segregation nationwide. Uh, I work for Madison Specs, one of the largest national cost segregation companies. Uh, out there, uh, we've done over 15,000 studies across the nation, every fifth, all 50 states. Uh, a little bit about me, I have a background in teaching and education. I got into real estate about five years ago or so and kind of connected with this company. I mean, you guys know Madison uh, from the title, you know, from a lot of different services we have under one roof, but uh, especially in the Dallas, Texas area. But cost segregation is something that I've just been drawn to and have a passion for and because of my background in education allows me to really teach it and give people because that's really what's stopping a lot of people from utilizing this incredible benefit is really they just don't know what it is right and the, the title the name itself just kind of confuses people so that's what we're here to do clear that up today and uh try to educate well i love it i love it yona and it is true that i think the lack of knowing about it is pretty much the only reason why you wouldn't see this as an amazing benefit. Well, let's get right down to it. I mean, what the heck is cost segregation, Yona? <laughs> so it's depreciation, really. 
and depreciation is a tax deduction, an income tax deduction. So cost segregation just means that we are segregating the cost, meaning we're splitting up the costs of the property, the different assets into different categories that we can depreciate over different lifespans. So for example, the building, a multifamily building depreciates over a 27 year period. Now, first, let's just clear something up. Depreciation doesn't mean something's going down in value. I know that's what you think it means, right? But depreciation as a tax deduction doesn't actually mean it's going down in value. It means that the IRS gives you a tax write-off, meaning you're allowed to write off the entire value of the building that you purchased as a tax write-off as if it's going down in value. So every single year you can write off a portion of that because it's you know, theoretically going down in value when in fact, more often than not, your property is actually appreciating. It's actually going up in value. So that's the first thing we have to get clear is that depreciation is a good thing, right? It's not a bad thing. It's just a tax write-off. So cost segregation is like depreciation on steroids, okay? It's like allowing you to get a lot of that depreciation up front in the early years of ownership, front-loading those tax deductions so that you can increase your cash flow so that you can you know, buy more properties and basically take advantage of the tools the IRS is actually providing you and showing you how to do that. Um, gotcha. So this is like the Jose Canseco of, of, <laughs> of, uh, of depreciation is what you're saying. Right. In his later years, obviously. The, the, <laughs> that's right. So, so, so Yona, let me ask you another question. Which type of properties can really benefit from this sort of uh, uh, cost segregation? So any type of property that is an investment property or a business property, okay, does not apply to your personal residence. You don't get a tax deduction for your personal residence. Basically, any type of investment property. Um, my rule of thumb is you really anything that's purchased for over a million dollars has a large enough tax benefit that it's almost like a no-brainer uh, because there's so much value there in the tax deductions. And let me just touch on, you know, maybe in a second, once, once I clear that up, how you can actually utilize that by front-loading those depreciation. So any property, whether it be multifamily, commercial, um, you know, office, retail, you name it, uh, even golf courses are a great example of, of bonus depreciation we're going to get to. So we'll talk about that. So any type of property, I did mention also business properties as well, which people may be overlooking. If you're a business owner and you happen to own the building where your business operates out of, you can also take advantage of cost segregation. That, that's, that's really amazing. And I think that the million dollar sort of water, watermark that you <laughs> mentioned, it, I think it's important because if, if, I, could, if I could guess, you, know, sure. you have to spend a certain amount of money uh, in order to get the cost segregation study done. So obviously, if you've got a property that's maybe two, 300,000, it may not be worth the investment to pay for, the, pay for itself. In other words, with, with the benefits you get, would, would that be right there? Correct. Meaning, right, because the benefits you're getting are a percentage of the value of the property or the purchase price of the property. So the higher the value of the property, the larger that percentage is, the more tax uh, deductions and therefore tax benefit you'll have. That makes a lot of sense. So the, the property itself gets broken down into pieces. And so you can't depreciate the land, but you can Correct. depreciate the doors and the windows and the cabinets and the gates and everything that's kind of been uh, 
put into the property. So a property is, is based on pieces and you're able to depreciate at different schedules, different parts of the grand picture of the building itself. Correct. Yeah. And so what you guys do, what uh, cost segregation studies do is you break it down to certain categories, whether it's a seven year, 10 year, 14 year into pieces. So you take it from the 27 and a half down to seven years in this piece from 27 and a half down to 10 years and, and so on, so Correct. on, so forth. So you accelerate the depreciation on the property. And then what you do is you give the cost segregation study to the general partner who called for it. It's typically, you know, towards the end of the year or so. And then the general partner sees, and this, this report is probably about 150 to 200 pages long uh, that you guys provide to the general partner, pardon me, you know, your, 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 your coach, the guy who's putting the, the transaction together. And he's going to push that into a kind of pair of pursuit to whatever your ownership is of what that depreciation has come out to be. Uh, I'm just a novice, but is that kind of what, what the idea is? Uh, yeah, correct. Well, let me, let me just break it down a little further so that we can you know, clearly understand how this works and what it is. I mentioned depreciation is like writing off the value of the property and over 27 years, but you're correct. You're, what we're doing is accelerating certain portions of it. So the main two categories that we do that in is something called uh, personal property, tangible, movable property, and those depreciate on a five-year schedule. Okay, and that can include anything from furniture to appliances. You mentioned doors, window treatments, like the curtains and the blinds and stuff like that. Um, fixtures, and even carpeting, which you think is really attached to the building, but it's not. So all of that stuff, and there's so much more, actually depreciates, meaning you can write off the value of those assets on a five-year schedule. Um, the second category, and I'll get to in a second how you actually do that, but the second category is 15-year property, which is land improvements, which means anything that's outside of the building, like landscaping, um, you know, pavement, you have a parking lot, or uh, you know, even the retaining walls, anything that's outside of the building that has value to it. So this is how it works. We send an engineer who is you know, very highly trained in the tax code, because all of this comes directly from the tax code. Okay, it's, Nothing is made up. So everything done properly in a conservation study is actually totally to the T according to you know, the IRS's rules that they made up. The engineer will go to the property, he'll take a complete accounting, pictures, you know, measurements of every, everything, every tiny detail from, you know, from the nails you know, to the square footage of the carving, like square footage of the different types of pavement, right? You have curbing, which is a different type of pavement than you know, the asphalt. And all of those things have a different value to them, industry standard you know, construction type values to them, which per square footage can now be assessed and taken as a tax write-off. And that's, you know, in the gist of it, how, how we do that. And then uh, why is Mr. Trump, President Trump, credited for this? Okay, so, <laughs> so he's, what he did- You well, knew we were gonna go there, didn't you, Yona? Yeah, of course. I mean, listen, <laughs> whether you like the guy or not, and the great, the great title, right? Whether you like the guy or not, what he did is he you know, helped to push this tax reform, 2018, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which you know, can arguably said is really Congress's um, you know, doing because you know, people always ask, like, why is the government so interested in giving tax benefits for real estate owners and investors? 
you know, and you think like, okay, well, yeah, he's a president, right? He's, he's not just a president. He's a real estate mogul, right? He's got all you know, billionaire. And he was like, no, but think about it. Actually about 80% of Congress uh, statistically are actually real estate owners and investors. So it's very clear at least why they're giving and passing laws to benefit real estate owners, whether you like that or not, that's the fact. So we have to utilize that. And those of us who are blessed, you know, to be in this industry and, and helping real estate and owning real estate, you have to play by the rules and therefore take advantage of those rules that they're uh, allowing you to take advantage of. Well, JC, okay. So yeah. let's, let's, let's kind of go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, JC, can you give me a real life example of what you did and what type of an impact it had on your investors and you? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely can. I mean, I, I can tell you that um, working with Yona Weiss to do a cost segregation study, and I think this is the next step that we want to tie this into is that, right. okay, so we, we talk about all the goodness of doing a cost segregation study. We lump and accelerate and put into the, uh, you know, the land improvements and the personal property, and we cost segregate that. But now with 100% bonus appreciation, which I really want Yona to talk about, we're able to take a huge accelerated piece of the depreciation pie and apply that to the first year of our profits, our taxable profits or our earnings at the property when we turn this thing into Uncle Sam in the form of a tax return. So now really the magic of what we're doing uh, with Yona, uh, with our company, is that we're getting a huge first year depreciation that we're offsetting our profits in year one, literally uh, astronomically large offset all by the books. Um, and right. so that's basically making it so our investment partners are really not paying taxes on the money that they're putting on their pocket because those taxes are offset by the depreciation. So Yona, you know, I think the question for you is really is, okay, cost segregation studies done. We spent the money. Now tie, now tie this back into bonus depreciation and how that relates. Right. So some people might think it's actually something different than cost segregation, but what it is, is actually taking those five-year assets or those 15-year assets, that personal property or the land improvements, and instead of taking them at an accelerated rate over that five-year, 15-year period, you can actually take that entire amount as a tax write-up in year number one. That's called 100% bonus depreciation. So it's, it can only be done by getting a cost segregation study done. Once you have that study done, then you basically can choose which calculation you'd like to use. Would you just like to use the, you know, the standard accelerated version of that, um, you know, of putting it in a five-year, 15-year schedule, putting those things in those categories and depreciating it faster? Or do you want the entire lump sum in year number one as a tax write-off? And what a lot of people do, like JC mentioned and, and you're doing, is taking that entire tax write-off in year number one. What that does, as he described, is it totally knocks off any tax liability whatsoever. And in, in fact, in many cases, uh, puts you into a, a passive loss, which means that you have that carried forward and you can now use that um, in the next year to offset the income next year's property. Yeah, that's, it's really amazing. Uh, it really is. And I think, you know, uh, I think another good question for you is, and, and maybe viewers out there might be wondering, and I think Yoni, you might want to comment on this is, you know, why didn't their CPAs tell them about this, right? Why aren't CPAs talking about this, Yona? I think a lot of CPAs are, you know, unless they are real estate specialized CPAs, and there are not that many of those out there, um, then they're really just dealing with the entire tax code. 
and they're dealing with people of all types of different tax returns and business returns. And to be specialized in real estate is not something a lot of people have that accountants have that niche in. That being said, number one, they may not even know about cost segregation or really understand it because it really is just a tiny little niche, a tiny little section of the tax code. And no accountant out there, and I've spoken to hundreds of accountants, can be an expert in the entire tax code. It's just not possible. So there'll be, you know, experts in one area or a couple areas, or they'll just be, you know, general, you know, kind of general practitioner, but not a specialist. That's one reason. The second reason is, is that accountants cannot do this on their own. So they need an engineering firm like Madison Specs or another firm out there to actually get this study done. So number one, they would have to be proactive enough to tell their investors, you know, you should look into this. And second of all, they would need to farm it out, you know, and find a third party firm out there that is doing this and is it, you know, has the expertise in doing that. That being said, there are plenty of accountants that, you know, do push this and, and do, you know, help their investors make that choice. But in my experience, the majority of the time is that real estate investors are actually the ones that are initiating this and then coming, you know, oftentimes even with some pushback from accountants who don't really understand it or don't know, you know, what the real benefit of it would be. Yeah. And I think the other thing I want to talk about, and, and I think, Yona, this is really important is, you know, you, you mentioned the fact that a lot of times there's actually a passive loss um, mm-hmm. that the passive investors get to enjoy. Um, the one thing I like about passive losses, and again, we're not CPAs, so you need to check with your CPA on this stuff. Right. But the, the awesome thing about passive losses is that you can use those passive losses from one real estate investment to offset passive income from another real estate investment. So for example, if one of you viewers out there has had several other rental properties that have maybe long since burned through their depreciation so that you're now getting taxed uh, on the profits for those investments, and those are also past your passive investments, you can actually take the passive losses from the property that you just did a cost seg study on and apply those to the passive income that you've been getting taxed on and use that to help offset those other um, passive incomes as well. And you can also, as a matter of fact, if you've sold another property and taken a passive gain, you can then take that passive gain and offset against the passive losses from this cost segregated investment that you've done. So it's really the magic of this uh, strategy is not just in and of the investment itself. It's actually how you can apply from a passive perspective to other investments that you're making that are also passive. But Having Correct. said that, Yona, you know, this is all about people that are passive investors. Let's talk about sort of the, the black belt uh, karate specialist real estate professional status and what you know about that. Right. So you're 100% correct about what you said about the passive income, passive investors, and that's great. But to take it to a next step and the person or the people who are really benefiting from cost segregation and this bonus depreciation law more than anyone else is someone who has the quote unquote real estate professional status. And it's just not just the name that gets thrown around. It's actually a tax. It's actually a tax term. Okay. It's in the tax code that the IRS describes someone who the majority of their work and get this, not even them, even if their spouse qualifies for this status and you're filing jointly one spouse, you can now use this status, which we're going to see in a second to, totally take like, it's like taking advantage of the tax law. It seems like, but it's actually written in the code. 
if you have you or your spouse, again, the majority of your time, meaning over 50, five, zero percent of your time is spent in real estate activities actively. And how much time do you need to spend? Over 750 hours a year. It's not a lot. That's like 16 hours a week. Okay. Or like three months a year. So you can't totally retire, but you actually have to be actively involved for, you know, that's, that's considered part-time, but it has to be the majority of your working hours. You or your spouse remember. Now, if you get this status, this like, you know, like you said, like black belt status, it's not, it's like more like, um, you know, like some fairy dust was like sprinkled over you because like they said, you have this magically, you work 16 hours a week. Now you magically, right, get to do what? Listen to this. You get to use congregation, use those passive deductions to offset any of your income from any sources, not just the passive income, like a normal person who's not a real estate professional would do, just take, you know, the passive losses from the real estate to offset the passive income, but you still have, you know, may have other gains or other income from other sources. Guess what? If you're a real estate professional, you can now use, you know, let's say you're a broker and you own property as well and get a huge, you know, million dollar real estate commissions. Guess what? Now you can go ahead and offset that million dollar of income from the cost segregation, the bonus appreciation that you're getting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really amazing. And, I, and I, I like to use an, a simple example. Let's say you have a married couple. Uh, you have an engineer that's, that's making $300,000 a year here in the Silicon Valley. And maybe you've got a stay-at-home mother. Um, if, 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 that, if that mother or spouse, it could be a guy too, if that spouse wants to go and become uh, a, a materially participate, that's, a, that's an important right. word, people. You've got to materially participate in the real estate activities. And that cannot be for example, looking at pro forma returns and investment activities, this actually actually has to be managing the real estate, you know, managing the rental real estate. But if you go and become material or materially participate in your real estate rentals, okay, and you are spending 750 hours or more a year, and you're spending more than 50% of your time uh, in the materially participating in those rental activities, um, then you are qualifying as a real estate professional please check with your CPAs. But because this, this person, the stay at home spouse uh, doesn't have another job and that's going to be more than, than easy to qualify. And then right. suddenly the spouse that's got the engineering job that's making 300,000. If you've got a passive loss, you can apply it to their $300,000 of W2 income. That is amazing. That's the black belt right. status. Now, Please don't make the mistake, all you viewers. I want to be really clear about this. Don't make the mistake of thinking that you can go check the box in the IRS tax returns that says you're a real estate professional if you have a full-time job. Because believe me, if you get audited, you will not pass the test. You can't be an engineer working full-time in a job. You're not going to qualify a real estate professional status. But like I said, if you do have a spouse that has the ability to do this stuff full-time, that is an amazing way to, uh, to really offset W-2 income. Absolutely. And you're, you're entirely correct, JC. You have to, you can't do this on your own and you can't be checking the boxes by yourself. And if you do want to get this status, it is um, recommended to be, you know, tracking your time, especially if you do have any other activities you are in, involved. I mean, I do know someone, this should not be used as an example, but it's really the exception. But I know someone who, you know, works as an IT professional 35 hours a week, W2, and he owns about 42 rental properties and he manages, self-manages everything. So he told me that he spends and he checks the box, he tracks all this time and he spends about 50 to 60 hours a week, you know, involved with his properties. So for him, you know, it was like, a, you know, he could check that balance, but you check that box, but you're entirely correct. There's not something you can do on your own and can be doing while working full time, but your spouse can, 
which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, so, it's, it's right. That's exactly right. It, it is really an amazing benefit. So, I mean, Yona, this was a really great episode. I, I personally get a lot of, of, of joy out of um, taking advantage of the, the, the tax advantages that Uncle Sam wants you to take advantage of. And so if people want to, if people listen to this episode, Yona, and they want to get in more information about how you might be able to help them, uh, how can they get hold of you? So like I said, at the beginning of the episode, you want to find me on LinkedIn. That's the best place to find me, right? Except uh, a couple of times a year when we take a couple of weeks off for holidays. But um, in all seriousness, you can find me uh, email address, probably in the show notes, yweiss at madisonspecs.com. We provide a free estimate, a free you know, analysis of your property to show you if it's even worthwhile to get this done. So you can kind of make an educated decision to see what would it look like if I just did, you know, regular straight line depreciation like I'm doing until now versus if I do this accelerated version, how would that look and play out over my you know, whole period? So that's like a no brainer just to actually get. So feel free to reach out if anyone wants to do that. When is this going to, when is this possibly going to go away? So what well, the bonus, the, the cost integration has been in the books since the, since the mid eighties actually. Um, and it's been around, but this bonus depreciation, this hundred percent bonus is actually scheduled to start to phase out in the year 2023. So you want to make sure to take advantage of this hundred percent bonus depreciation while you can, uh, because then it starts to phase out about 10% a year, um, going backwards. All right. That sounds great. Uh, JC, tell us a little bit about what, uh, you and multifam group do. Well, you know, what we do is really simple, Polly, is uh, we've been helping investors make smart multifamily investment decisions for the last 13 years. Um, I started the company in 2006, and we are one of those rare birds that's been through a recession. So we were buying apartment complexes before the Great Recession. We bought apartment properties during and after the Great Recession, and, um, and we have been very successful. So we always really have, I think, going through a recession like that, I think we have an eye for what can go wrong just as much as we have an eye for what can possibly go right. And so I think um, I have always been a big proponent of educating people. I mean, that's why we do this show, Polly. And so if anybody out there wants uh, to talk with us just to get some perspective on things uh, from somebody that's been doing it for a while, they can reach out to us at our company. They go to our company website at multifamilypropertygroup.com. Again, multifamilypropertygroup.com. Go to the contact us section and just request a free 50-minute consultation. And it's most likely that you're going to be sitting down uh, through a virtual meeting and talking with me, um, and I'll see how I can help you out. Uh, Polly, you guys do a lot of business, not just um, across the nation, but also with me personally. Um, you guys are a phenomenal resource for, uh, for financing for these multifamily projects. Why don't you talk a little bit about how you can help people out? Uh, so I've done this for 35 years and I've closed 5,700 apartment loans. So we do, as JC says, we do apartment financing, probably about 85% of our book is in apartment financing. And so we do it throughout the nation and we work with, uh, you know, folks that are just trying to get into the business. We kind of hold your hand and making sure that you're doing it right. Uh, I don't want to see anybody lose any money. So that's why we kind of do some of these educational pieces. Again, we're not a mentor educational group, but we do want to just give you some snippets of why, why some people get into the multifamily business and why it is a special place to be at, to add into your portfolio of stocks, bonds, and cash, and then some owning of a real live hard assets of multifamily. Again, everything that we've mentioned here, we are not uh, tax professionals. 
We're not even financial consultants. Please contact your tax professional, your financial consultant, to kind of go over some of the things that uh, we talked about today. So we appreciate everybody listening and uh, being with us today. You know, Weiss, we appreciate your time over at Madison. I know that you guys are going to be very busy before the end of the year. So again, if anybody wanted to get all of you on it, uh, in our show notes, we'll be able to share that information with you. Again, JC Castillo, thanks for being in. I'm Paul Peebles. Have a great day. Thanks, guys.